You are listening to the Musician Today weekly podcast with Vera Bermenko. Tune in for your insight into a professional musician's life and awesome new music. and welcome to another episode of Musician Today podcast where we try to bring you the most amazing independent artists and um, you know share their music with you and also share their lives and stories and how they've gotten to where they are today and today we have a very special guest we have Jared Burnett is that correct Burnett? That's it. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) He's a violinist and his talent is exemplified through his innate ability to play the violin. When at the age of three, he began to play and nurture his musical skills. Jerry's ability evolved not only by years of classical training, but also through his mother's love of music, which only increased his devotion to the violin. Influences by the people like the Charlie Daniels Band, Jean-Luc Ponty, and more mainstream artists like Boy Tinsey and Dave Matthews Band, Jared's music style has evolved from classical to include bluegrass and jazz, contemporary and modern rock sounds. At the age of 17, he landed a spot performing with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. At 26, became a Broadway acclaimed and known for his 6 foot 5 muscular physique <laughs> with mesmerizing talent to match. His unexpected ability to fine-tune skills allows him to continue to enamor audiences while performing at New York City's Carnegie Hall famed house of blues and hard rock live venues at and well amphitheaters <laughs> arenas and restored vaudeville theaters around the nation jared has made personal appearances on live with reggie's and kelly mtv nbc cbs and fox news appearing um, with djs in various nightclubs and thousands of corporate conventions around the world Gerald enjoys being a full-time touring musician. He performs nightly in the Broadway-claimed Sir Dreams Jungle Fantasy at the Broadway Theater in New York City, and most recently opened up a solo artist as a solo artist for Nat- Natasha Benningfield, Styx, Arsenio Hall, John Lodge, and the Moody Blues, and the Plain White Tees, to just name a few. So he's been busy. <laughs> Determined to continue to help preserve music programs in America's public schools, Jared is teaming up with the VH1's Save the Music Foundation to present master classes to students all across the country, giving them the opportunity to ensure that tomorrow's generation has equal inspiration and ability to nurture their musical talents. Through all his work and devotion to his instrument, Jared is branching out on his own. He's a musical, uh, he is creating a musical experience that showcases the art of the violin. So Jared is associated with Mark Wood violins that we all love. <laughs> he plays Wood violin, six string Viper electric violin provided by the super sensitive music and custom in ear monitors provided by the in ears. So yay! <laughs> Before we... <laughs> Before we go any further, you guys can always find Jared and his music at jaredviolin.com, on Instagram at forward slash jaredviolin, on Facebook at jaredviolin, on YouTube, just look him up, it says Fiddler One, but you can look him up by Jared Burnett Violin, that's how I found him, <laughs> easy, and yeah, so how are you doing today, Jared? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Bert. Yeah, thank you for that recap of my entire career there. Right? Sometimes I forget. You got to go back in and refresh your memory of some of the things I've done. So 
Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm good too. So, um, well, it's great to hear from someone like that who is so involved in the process and with the community. So, uh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> when uh, my first question would be, when did electric violin enter your life to begin with? So, um, you're probably classically trained, right? Like all yeah, of us. So, well, yeah. <laughs> Started um, in the Suzuki method at a very very young age uh, in Central Florida where I grew up, and so classical background, um, playing in symphonies and orchestras with a private tutor, um, and then uh, I went to public school in sixth grade and went to a um, public magnet program um, uh, at a school in Central Florida. And so a lot of your curriculum is based around the uh, the arts. So there, I really dove into. Um, playing different genres of classical music and jazz and bluegrass. And uh, so I really tried to hone in on uh, my classical background, but then started playing these other genres. Um, so then by about the age of 17 or 18 is when I started playing more of the electric violin. Nice. That sounds fantastic. So um, how was the whole process of sort of shifting from classical to contemporary? And like, how did it shape your brand, your, you know, the way that you yeah. do things. <laughs> you know, for me, I, I, I enjoyed music so much, but I started to find that I wasn't enjoying classical music as much. Uh, so I felt that I, I was sitting in this uh, symphony of 70 other performers, and I just felt the need that I wasn't able to express myself as much as I was wanting to. Um, so trying out some of these different genres really allowed me to learn how to not only play the violin, but to perform on the violin. Um, and so from there, I was able to to really hone in and work on uh, a live stage performance as opposed to just sitting in a symphony with, with you know, all these other talented musicians. I really just wanted to work on how I could be a little bit more of a performer. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So, sounds so relatable. <laughs> okay, well, before we go on, why don't we play one of your recordings, right? So sure. I think I'll do the arrival first. Yes? Okay, so here you guys enjoy the arrival.
So Ooh. it sounds unearthly, which is supposed to be because it's the arrival. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how would you say you go about recording these things? Um, like what makes your instrument sound like that? I know it's a Viper. Viper is amazing. I can't wait for mine. I can't wait for mine yeah. coming like this fall. <laughs> I'm, I'm very fortunate to um, to love to play this instrument. And I got my first Viper in 2007 uh, when I was actually performing on Broadway in New York City. And uh, we had this really neat character that um, uh, was a part of the Broadway show that I was in. And so Mark Wood uh, custom designed this uh, Burl Green uh, Viper six string that, that they gave me that um, that one, and then now I have a pearl white uh, Viper as well that I play. So the sound of the Viper, to, in my opinion, is just unbelievable. The the barometer pickup on it is just fantastic, and I usually run mine through a Boss ME80, uh, so I'm able to really uh, put the uh, EQ that that I like and that is a little bit more. Uh, of, of my brand style. Um, I don't play as, as much grunge and distortion and wah and effects. I like just a really clean um, concert sounding reverb on my violin. Uh, and, and I found that the, the Viper with the ME80 is, is a fantastic combination to get that sound that I, that I enjoy playing with. That's amazing. That's okay. I completely yeah. agree. I can't wait for mine so that I can do that too. I can do like a clean recording. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think we talked about my. <laughs> you have a six string, you said, right? Um, how did you, How was that shifting from four to six? Did you find that convenient? Yeah, so actually, I have my here's the the problem oh. here. So, uh, for for many players that play, you know, your average fingerboard is you know two-thirds of the size of this fingerboard with your AEDG. Uh, so when you have the two lower strings of the C and the F, it, it is a dramatic change in terms of, of what you're used to playing, uh, just the, the width of the fingerboard. Mm -hmm. So where your D string and your G string is now is only halfway across the bridge, so it just takes a lot of um, uh, adaptation to this instrument. You know, and you, you have to get used to it, and that's with any new violin. I mean, you can you can get a, a brand new acoustic violin and it's going to play completely different than the acoustic violin that you have. So you have to have a little bit of time to get used to the instrument. And, and the same goes for both of my Vipers. Um, they play differently. Uh, and so when I go from one to the other, you have to just get used to them and, and practice a little bit before you take one on stage. Yeah. That's true. Great. Right? I'm getting a seven string, so I'm sticking. I'll have a lot of adjusting to make. That's great. Oh, like, there's a lot of frames to go up there with the seven string. Yes. It's fantastic. Yes, my idea is to make it sound like a cello, right? Because yeah. I work with some amazing people, but sometimes it's just so busy. You can't afford to schedule something together. So, yeah, right. I want to do everything on it. It will be awesome. <laughs> great. Um, what would you say was the last memorable performance you did and what was so so memorable about it? Um, gosh, well, for me, the, 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 the most memorable performance for me is the night that you open on Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that for any singer, dancer, musician, um, to, to be on Broadway in New York City is such an unbelievable honor. And um, my family actually flew up to New York for opening night oh. and bought like all the tickets in the front row. So you can imagine as, as like my, my ballet came and, and my entrance in the show, uh, because I was a featured character on stage, I'm not just in the pit, 
in the uh, in the orchestra so i was a featured character on stage so my cue to come out and walk down stage center on the broadway theater you know in, in new york city and have your entire family sitting in the front row it was a pretty cool moment so that's always going to stand out as my most memorable performance uh, most certainly yeah nice that's amazing yeah i can imagine that a couple of years ago i wanted to write a musical which i did but we haven't produced it so i was on that vibe and like broadway <laughs> love it totally love it that's amazing um so in your whole process of kind of managing your career at the moment as you are what would you say is one of the most important skills that you've acquired that would be helpful to other musicians like i don't know time management maybe yeah. networking anything like that <laughs> i think the biggest asset that the musicians trying to make it in this industry can can hone in on is their business their business mind i mean you have to be able to talk to a client you have to be able to communicate to a client you need to be able to respond uh, in a timely fashion you need to be organized you need to be punctual all these are things that that, that you have to really focus on not only as a performer but in any business in any aspect uh, to be able to um, continue your career so for me those are, are real um, basic variables that I put into play into my business uh, that hopefully uh, translate into good customer relations with all of my clients and that's completely separate from the uh, the music side is just to be focused on on the music um, on the business end as well excellent that makes perfect sense you, yeah. you have to be able to network, you have to be able to connect, right? And of right. course, you have to be disciplined enough to watch yourself and <laughs> your time, what you put your time into. I find it oftentimes we get distracted because we're creative. So we want to do so many things. I myself want to do so many things and there's just not enough time in one day. And that makes me go crazy. <laughs> right. Part of the reason I started this podcast so I can connect with people like you and sort of learn from what you're doing and see what I'm doing and figure out that, okay, I'm not crazy, but I should do this and I should do more of that and should do less of that. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. All right, fantastic. So why don't we hear another track, you guys, right? What do we want to play? Uh, we talked about Broadway. I don't know if we have any Broadway tunes on the list today. Um, The show goes on. <laughs> sure. Sure, okay. All right, here yeah. we go.
version of Canon and DI part. It's in there. And I guess we should probably say on the Instagram side, they, they can't hear it, right? So we'll just have to have them oh. hear oh. The, the, the podcast later. Is that right? Or Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Last time I was able to play them through and we actually heard the music. Oh, okay. I don't know. We'll have to let, let us know if you can hear it. <laughs> Okay, all right. If you can't hear, guys, there will be a replay later. We will be on iTunes. We will be on Google Play, Spotify. It's called um, Musician Today Podcast. And you can type it my name and you'll find it. Musician Today Podcast with Vera Bermenko. Yeah, sorry about the echo, guys. <laughs> can you still hear us, though? Can you tell what we're saying? So please tell me if you can at least hear what we're saying. So yeah but there will be a replay and we're actually live on youtube if you want to hear all the songs and you just won't see the visual of jared you can go to my youtube right now that's the first link in my bio it takes you to my youtube so you can find us there all right okay <laughs> i need to upgrade my systems and maybe hire an assistant <laughs> that's 101 remember yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So what I wanted to ask now is how do you approach like a production process of a cover or original or anything, whatever it is. So, um, what, what is your process? Do you start just creating the track and then see what you can do with your violin or do you have, yeah, so it, it more so comes from just hearing a song, whether it's on the radio or a popular piece of music that's in a movie or, um, you know, whatever happens to be popular at the moment. And for me, uh, by learning by the Suzuki method, uh, it really taught me everything by ear. Um, so obviously I can still read music and I have the music theory to be able to read music, yeah. um, but I'm so fortunate and I'm, and I'm, in my opinion, I'm, I'm so very thankful that I've been able to learn by ear. Uh, so now I can hear a piece of music and just pick it up uh, quite quite uh, quickly. Um, so, so the process for me is hearing a piece, one that I enjoy, um, so it has to be something that I like, or I, I'm not going to enjoy wanting to learn it. So if it's something catchy, and then uh, I'll go in and either you know create the the bed of the track first, and then just start playing it on my violin and decide what melody line that I want to play that embellishes a little bit off of what the original vocals were, or something like that 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 obviously makes the piece recognizable. But then putting your spin on it uh, to play your style. Uh, there's a lot of guys that play super fast and with a bunch of tremolo and things like that. So, so it, it just is is dependent on what your style is, and then you can put your spin on it. Uh, but then still keep it true to the original melody, uh, so that people recognize the piece of music if you're doing a cover. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So it has to be interesting, but it has to also be true to you, right? So you can't just like uh, jam a lot of stuff into it <laughs> just to get attention, right? <laughs> right? Excellent. So why don't we play a little game? If you're up for it, um, I have sort of like a rapid fire game here set up for you. So there'll be 10 questions in under a minute and see oh. if we can manage. Here, I'm going to get my list here. So um, some of them are serious. Some of them are sort of very silly, and just try to answer the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. All right, so this, I'm gonna start a countdown, and then I'm gonna read the first question. Are you ready? Perfect, here we go. All right. What's your most memorable performance? Broadway. Yay. At what age did you pick up violin? Three. Yay. 
What were the names of the people that inspired you? Uh, Boy Finsley, Charlie Daniels, Jean-Luc Pony, Stefan Grappelli. Yeah. So violin, do you prefer acoustic or electric? Electric, 100%. What motivates you most? Um, success and performance, uh, the enjoyment of, of being able to perform. I love it. Yay. So which YouTuber you just can't stop watching? Oh gosh. Um, I, I, I think a guy like D Sharp is just phenomenal. The stuff that he's doing is some, some really creative music. So I love checking out his videos. Mm -hmm. Your favorite songs to cover, name three. Um, well, monetarily, everybody wants to hear Despacito. Yeah. I can't get it off of my playlist, <laughs> so it, it's in there. Um, mm -hmm. I like a lot of Coldplay and Bruno Mars stuff too. All right, we ran out of time, but I don't see why we can't finish the questions. There you go. <laughs> Name three people that you admire at the stage of your career. Uh, three people that I admire that, that are in business or my life or- It could be either or. or. Yeah. Um, uh, people that I admire. I mean, I think somebody like Lindsey Sterling, in, in terms of the, the violin, has, has been able to create such an unbelievable career for herself. And then not only that, but she's she's opened up so many clients uh, to to wanting to do something different with a violinist. Mm -hmm. um, so I admire her for for sticking to her originality and to her style and really her her spin of of the uh, violin and for the success that she's been able to to come from it. Yeah. Amazing. Very good. Yeah. That's one. Two more. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I, I think somebody like, um, even like Richard Branson of, of, of Virgin or Elon Musk of, you know, just these guys that have taken their ideas when so many people told them that it couldn't be done and created these incredible brands and the, these iconic movements of, of our entire society. I don't, I, I don't think that that really translates to anything that I do on the violin, but in terms of, of respecting what they do mm -hmm. uh, as businessmen and pioneers and innovators, I think it's mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah, totally agree. And I think it does translate to a violin because in a way, in our music, we have to make the same steps to create our own path. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Uh, dog. <laughs> Me too, probably, yeah. Name three violinists that you follow on Instagram. Um, well, there we go. I would say D Sharp, uh, Lindsey Sterling, and always the ever talented Matt Bell. Yes, yes. Matt, Matt was here just last week. We had, um, last weekend, we had an interview. So, yay. He was here a couple times, actually. He's great. Yeah, I think anybody that wants to dive into the electric violin and to learn more about it and the different variances between all the, the various uh, electric violins that are out there, going to Matt's channel or Electric Violin Shop's channel really has some informative videos uh, for anybody that, that wants to learn the electric violin, whether it's amps and pedals and different um, pickups and, and electric violins options that are out there. Electric violin shop's a great destination to go to on YouTube as well. Yes, absolutely agree. He's great. He's great at education and just, yeah, his music is really out there too. <laughs> we, played, yeah. we played a track yeah. from his new album. It's just insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. So before we wrap up, Jared, tell us what would be your biggest piece of advice to a younger artist who's pursuing their careers today? What would be the one thing you would recommend they do? Yeah, I, I think for me, um, it's to advise them to uh, sort of two parts. Always be true to themselves. 
So if they have a specific style that they like to play, stay to that style. You don't have to conform to anybody telling you that it needs to be one way or the other. And I think the other thing would be that you have to stay continually motivated. You can't ever settle. So don't ever feel like you're content and that, okay, if I've got a weekly gig on Fridays, I'm great with that. No, you need to have a weekly gig on Fridays and Saturdays. And then not only that, it's like, okay, now how can I continue to build my brand up to a bigger status than it is every single day? You know, I've been playing the violin for 35 years and I practice every day, you know, so there's never a moment that that I'm not continually trying to get better. And with that comes some of the success that you're able to achieve once you continually put your, your, your efforts and, and energy back into your brand uh, to continually grow. Uh, so I would say to just don't ever settle, continually grow, change and adapt to different styles and, and, and ways that you want to grow your performance. Absolutely agree. Thank you. That is so true. So um, I read somewhere, because I'm also into all these business and you know motivation, like Gary Vee and people like that. <laughs> So, and uh, I read somewhere, the worst thing you can do as a small business is to think as a small business. So you yeah. can't be locked in this one place. You have to think about the future as in how you're going to grow. So you have to set yourself up for success. Even if now you only have one gig on Friday, right? So you never right. know. Next month, you might have two gigs on the weekend. <laughs> and you have right. to figure out a way to manage that and make that achievable, right? So create that right. space for yourself and then go into it right that's absolutely right yeah you know you're, you're, you're correct and, and for me it was you know there, there's guys that like playing in coffee shops and there's 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 guys and, and girls that, that like playing in bars in the smaller local scene and for me i have a bigger picture i want to fly and continue to travel all over the world and have companies bring me in to play for their corporate events and mm-hmm. keynote presentations and award show galas and to be able to do that sort of all over the world um so so those are the the short-term goals that I have for myself is to continue to be able to travel and do this on a much larger scale than just the localized um, display of performances. Absolutely. And we wish you all the best. And we're sure you're going to do it. (laughs) And we will see you on like a big screen soon. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> All right, before we go, guys, again, a reminder, you can find Jared, his music and videos on jaredviolin.com, his website on Instagram at Jared Violin, on Facebook at Jared Violin, on YouTube at Fidla One, or just look him up by Jared Burnett Violin, and you will find some amazing music there, too. You're on Twitter, too, right? Uh, yeah, I think everything's just at Jared Violin. Jared Violin. Yeah, just look up Jared Violin. You can't miss him. He's got a distinct personality, amazing music. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to the show. Um, it's so great to have you here. So great to hear from amazing artists who are kind of in the same boat as I am in terms of building their careers. So it's always great to connect and build a community. Part of the reason I started this podcast is because once my school times were done, I felt like I didn't have the people who network that understood what i'm going through at the moment so it's so great to connect reach out and maybe we can have you back sometime when you have a new release or a video yeah Yeah, that'd be great so by then i promise i will have all my videos set up (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll plan for a big big future Great. So, um, and when we close, what you'd like me to play? Uh, do you have a preference to which song we should kind of 
jamming to them last night love them <laughs> okay let's do not a bad thing all right thank you jared okay thanks everybody Ciao. tune in on apple podcasts and all the other platforms see you soon uh-huh.